You're listening to Watching Friends on the HyperX Podcast Network. Welcome back to Watching Friends. This is Season 2, Episode 22, The One with the Two Parties. I'm Mark. Just stay away from uh, saying I'm doing your daughter, and you should be okay. I'm Ryan, and I'm just moistening the tip. <laughs> oh, dear, they, they do not work well together, do they? <laughs> I was like reading for the notes, and I was like, how did Mark not pick moistening the tip as, as his joke? <laughs> yeah, I, don't, well, I don't know. <laughs> I was glad I got to have it, to be fair. I was like, it made me laugh. Uh, yeah, so we're we're back for nearing the end of season two now, and this one I think is a is a very funny episode. Uh, but before we get into, it, I guess we should talk about um, sad bit of news that's come out of the Friends universe, and that is that Mike Haggerty, uh, also known as Mister Trigger, uh, passed away. So this episode is is going to be a couple of weeks. Or you're going to be listening to it a couple of weeks after this has happened. Uh, but at the time of recording, it's only been a few days. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty sad in, in a lot of ways. You know, he was, you know, only 67, which is pretty young. Yeah, very young. Uh, and, you know, he's, he's quite an influential character in Friends. And it's only now looking into this, I found out that he's only in five episodes. Yeah, that's very surprising. He's a, I guess he's one of those characters similar to Gunther in a way, where he may not appear all that much. I mean, obviously Gunther appears significantly more than Mr. Trigger, but you, if you were to show me a picture of Mike Haggerty, I'm immediately going to go Mr. Trigger and like ex- be excited that he's there. Yeah, I, I guess for him, like he's always has like bit parts in the Friends and and all the other TV shows that he's done, which I'll get into in a, in a moment. But in Friends, I guess when he is on screen, he actually has like a proper scene. Whereas, you know, Gunther, especially early on, would have like a line or is just in the background. Whereas he generally gets scenes and he gets like screen time with the characters, interacting with them one on one. So, yeah, it was quite surprising to, to see he's literally only in five episodes. Yeah, he does make a very kind of positive impression there's five episodes, though. He's like, every episode he's in is great. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, I, everyone will remember the one where he does the dancing with Joey, uh, which is an absolutely hilarious episode, and one I can't, I, can't, I can't wait to do. I just love the the get, trying to get the part for the radiator, and <laughs> yep. he's trying to be like all suave <laughs> and like you got to play hardball, and <laughs> it's just great. I love it. So, over his career, he's had over like a hundred acting credits. Uh, you might know him from like Community, Brooklyn Nine Nine, obviously uh, Friends. I've mentioned in the past how he's been in episodes of Seinfeld. Um, you know, in, in fact, like you know, I've got IMDb up now. I'm gonna just just pull out a few of like the ones that you might know him from. In in fact, he was recording uh, episodes till till the day he died, basically. Uh, so he's he was currently filming for something called Somebody Somewhere, which is not a TV show I'm familiar with. Um, but no, that, that that was like that's a 2022 uh, TV show, um, and obviously I said like he's been in Brooklyn Nine Nine, he's been in like Shameless, been in the Goldbergs, like everything he's done has generally been like one-off episodes, um, or maybe like Friends where you know he has a has a few more in there, uh, but he has a lot of acting credits. Like he's he's constantly been acting for you know many decades. 
he's done loads of films. So he did like Austin Powers 2, uh, Inspector Gadget. Uh, let's see here. It was like an animate build TV series, Speed 2, Cruise Control. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not, a, not a great film. Um, in the Faculty, uh, the TV series, not the film. The film's actually quite good. Uh, he has been in an awful lot of stuff. Like, I think he's one of those actors where everyone recognizes him, even if they don't know who he is. Definitely. Yeah. Like, you'd see him in the street and be like, oh, it's him. I mean, he's in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He was great in that. Um, there's so much stuff he's in that's just a great show in general, to be fair. But he's definitely one of those kind of, I actually sound like character actors where just his look kind of fit certain roles very well. And he was very kind of like a, I guess not, and I don't mean this in an insult at all, but he's a very like blue collar looking chap. He looks like a normal bloke. So yeah. he was, you know, he's always casting those kind of roles a lot of the time and just, he's very comforting, I guess, on screen. Well, we, we certainly discussed that in uh, a previous episode when, you know, he came on with uh, the one where, where Heckles dies. And I'm sure it was in that episode where we discussed, like, he, he tends to play sort of similar roles. Uh, you know, you're not going to see him as, you know, uh, a secret agent or anything. He is, as you say, going to be playing the blue collar sort of worker. Uh, but yeah, he's he's been in so much stuff. Um, it's a real shame. And, and just to go over the, the Friends episodes he was in, he was in the one where Heckles dies, uh, the one with Phoebe's dad, and then uh, one which is going to be coming up later for us, which is the one with the ballroom dancing, which I mentioned a moment ago. Uh, the one with the free porn... <laughs> Which is another funny episode, and uh, the one where Rachel tells. So yeah, I yeah, I just kind of like in my mind, he's just kind of always there, just in the background. Like maybe he's mentioned, or you know, you just see him for a brief moment, but you you don't, and it's just something that I've kind of just built up in my mind. No, I totally get that. He definitely. Not that you don't miss his absence, but he doesn't feel absent. He's just not there, but you just kind of assume he's always around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, that's that's a real shame, like uh, totally unexpected. Uh, But I I guess, you know, as we kind of carry on with this, we're going to get a lot more of this over time. And there's there's another podcast I listen to, which is about The Simpsons, and started out great. And then all of a sudden, oh, like every episode, they had like a, a new death. Uh, especially as The Simpsons has like a lot of celebrity actors in it and generally a lot of older actors. Uh, and they even had a, for, for a little while, they had a had a, a deaf jingle to announce like the death of someone and then an anti-deaf oh. jingle because they would have, uh, you know, they'll be talking about someone and then, you know, next episode that person had died sort of thing. Uh, they've, they've, they've stopped doing it now because it started getting just, just too much, I guess. Uh, oh, but- it's a little bit tacky as well <laughs> i guess a little bit bit gruesome in some ways like I, I get where they was coming from it's a bit like us you know it starts off as a bit of fun like oh it's it's sad this person has passed away but then it, it started becoming every episode um because you know we, we we forget you know we're watching friends now you know nearly 30 years later and you know some of these actors were were already like getting on in age at the time they were recording friends yeah, I mean, Mike Haggerty was in in Dwayne's World, which is sort of one of those things where you when an actor passes away and you go back and look at their credits. No, there's always something you find and go, "Oh my god, how did I not recognise them from that?" I mean, I must have seen Wayne's World dozens of times growing up and kind of in the years since. And like, how have I never put those two like that man together when I've watched Wayne's World and then watched Friends? Like, it's just it's weird how that can happen. How you'll just completely overlook 
someone in a scene. Oh, def- when you look at him, he looks exactly the same, basically. Just <laughs> he does, yeah. Uh, I guess, uh, unless you've got any other Fringe news, we should probably get on with the episode. Let's get started. Okay, so, as I said earlier, this is the one with two parties, which I think is a great one. And as we've discussed many times now, they start ramping up. They seem to write their episodes, you know, very strong early in a in a season, very strong at the end, and then kind of in the middle, kind of, you know, mess mess around, I guess, uh, to create these plot lines. Um, I guess a lot of TV shows do that. They, they, you know, you always end a season like on a cliffhanger, right? You want people to to want the show and to come back for more. Yeah, exactly. You need you know you need to bring the audience back, especially in the olden days of like cable television, where viewership, you know, was a very life or death situation for a show like oh they didn't get the viewers so it's not getting a season four and you're just like oh okay yeah so especially if they end on a cliffhanger which you know i guess guess many tv shows do because they want you to come back if they just ended nicely you'd be like okay got no reason to watch the next next time when it comes back even though that could be six months to a year away although you tend to find that shows that get cancelled tend to have a better legacy than ones that go on too long like, I mean, off the top of my head, Firefly got cancelled and he's still insanely popular. Scrubs went on a bit too long and people just go, oh, they've ruined Scrubs. Even though Scrubs yeah. is fantastic, you still go, oh, they ruined it. Even though it's not that bad <laughs> once JD left. It's still funny. It's just not the same dynamic. Yeah, because if you think of Friends, like Friends probably ended at the right time. Um, there, w- there was discussion about it ending around season eight. And for, for a long time, many shows probably would be four to eight seasons and then they would kind of end because they'd, they'd run out of steam, especially in American shows where you're writing, what, 25 episodes a season. That That's a lot of like content to get out year after year. You're going to run out of stories a, a bit like you and your, your tangents. At some point, you're going to have to start repeating <laughs> them. Uh, but this, this is a, a really great episode and I can't wait to discuss it. So let's get into it. Uh, so we open at the Moondance Diner. And now, before I even actually get into the episodes, you know, even though I've just said that's what we're doing, uh, I'm going to give you a bit of trivia first. Uh, so, Moondance Diner. Yes, it's a real diner. And the Moondance Diner was uh, a diner in the Soho neighborhood of Manhattan in New York City. And it was located on the uh, 86th Avenue uh, between uh, Grand Street and Canal Street. So, these are all names that you might know, especially if you've been you know, watching Friends or you're a bit of a Friends fan. Uh, you know, as soon as you say, like, Bleecker, pe- people just know that name for some reason, even though it's just, like, one of many streets in Manhattan. Uh, True. I mean, well, it's New York, isn't it? It's it's iconic location. Like, if you know, if you don't know Manhattan, you know, Fifth Avenue or, you know, Hell's Kitchen, depending on, you know, your fandom, I guess. Yeah, exactly. So, sadly, it shut down in 2007 uh, and then was moved across state and then shut down in 2012. Uh, you might also recognise it from a few films like Spider-Man. Which one? The first one. Okay. So, uh, so, <laughs> I was so, like, so, I don't remember it in the Marvel Yeah, so, so uh, Mary Jane comes out of, out of work in there, basically. So it's, it's quite an iconic location, and it, it's been used in a bunch of TV shows and things like that. Uh, certainly just looking at you, you recognise it from things, even if you don't quite recognise it. Um, and then... At the Moondance Diner, we've got Monica, who's behind the counter, looking very 1950s with a very blonde wig and very fake boobs, which I think we're probably going to end up discussing a bit too much this episode. <laughs> and, uh, you know, she's got the whole gang there, besides Rachel, as they're discussing her birthday. 
And Monica wants to poach a salmon for her birthday. And obviously everyone groans. Like to, to me, you know, Joey's got this right. Let's get some pizzas in, get, get some beers in. That's the way to have a birthday party, right? Yeah, definitely. And Monica does give in to this and says they can throw any party they want. And this is where Joey is staring at uh, Monica's chest. So I'll get candles in my mom's lace tablecloth. And since it's Rachel's birthday and we want it to be special, I thought I'd poach a salmon. Uh. What? Question, why do we always have to have parties where you poach things? You want to be in charge of the food committee? Question two, why do we always have to have parties with committees? Yeah, really, why can't we just get some pizzas and get some beers and ha have fun? Yeah. yeah, I agree. You know, I think fancy parties are only fun if you're fancy on the inside, and I'm just not sure we are. <laughs> All right. You guys don't want it to be special. Fine. You can throw any kind of party you want. Joey, they're not real. Yeah. <laughs> I start miles beneath the surface of these things, okay? They're fake. See? Honk, honk. Wow, it's, it's like porno for clowns. Yeah, no, I think this is uh, it's quite funny, you know? Uh, I think it's, it's obvious that Joey's going to be, be like this as a character, though, staring at Monica like that, even though it is fake. Like, you know, she's quite dressed up. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> I mean, I suppose it's just, it, you know, like it's Joey's instincts in it. Like, he's like, boobs! It doesn't <laughs> yeah. matter if they're real or not. He's still going to be like, look at them, look at them, look at them. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly right. Uh, we then have the intro. And we're at uh, Central Park, and the gang are discussing who they've invited. And for some reason, Ross has asked both Rachel's sisters, who can't go. Now, why he has their phone numbers, I don't know. Like, you know, you'd, you'd think Monica would probably do all this rather than Ross. Like, why, why is Ross, you know, calling Rachel's sisters? Because he's the boyfriend, you know. He's doing the boyfriendly duty of, you know, I'll call, call the family, get them over. It's cute. Oh, uh, maybe. Not too sure. And I was thinking about this. I think the reason he's got the numbers is because it's the 90s. So you don't have a mobile phone with all your contacts secretly away in it. You probably got a little book next to the phone that has all of the phone numbers in it. You know, you'd have like sister one and sister two and whoever and, you know, pizza shop. And you'd have a little book of numbers. So it wouldn't take long for us to, you know, peek at the phone book and then, or, you know, he'd look in the phone book. That's the thing. Like you could just look someone's number up in a phone book back then, or call the operator. Like people weren't, you know, being unlisted was a big deal back then. It was like, oh, we we're unlisted. Um, they, I don't think it's that that strange that he's got the numbers. No. And uh, Monica has invited some other people though. Okay. Um. So I still have to invite Dylan and Emma and Shannon Cooper. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Uh, no, Shannon Cooper. Why not her? Because she uh, she steals stuff. <laughs> Or maybe she doesn't steal stuff and Joey just slept with her and never called her back. Joey, that is horrible. Hey, I liked her. All right, maybe, maybe too much. I don't know. I guess I just got scared. Oh I'm sorry. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't think anyone would buy that. Okay. Uh, th this is peak Joey to me. I, I absolutely love it. Yeah, it was, he was so convincing as well. Like, I fell for it, and I knew he was lying. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's just the way he's like, you know, you, you can't invite her. She steals things. I really want to use that line <laughs> when I'm like, someone can't go, but they steal things. And then it's just the, the fact, like, they call him out on it, and then it's like, you know, I, I just 
just loved her, you know, felt too much. I thought Chandler just chucks him under the bus immediately as well. Just like, no, he slept with her. Didn't call. <laughs> yeah. Just, just like, where to have your bros back there, Chandler? Like, what? Yeah. I, you know, the, when it, when Joey's acting like a little bit childish and sheepish, like, that's that's the best Joey, I think. Uh, and just, just the, the fact that, you know, he's like, you know, oh, I, did, I didn't think anyone would fall for that. Like, the, like he's so dumb that he, like, just calls himself out. It's like the next name comes out. He's like, she steals too. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, but yeah, it's, it's just, fantastic. It's, it is. Like, anyone else would be doing that for a laugh, but you know he's doing it thinking, can I get away with it again? You're like, maybe I can do it twice. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I feel this might be a real heavy, like, Joey episode, but, you know, that's no bad thing. And then... No, uh, I mean, you know, exactly. Well, no, exactly, right? And then we have uh, Rachel. She walks in. Uh, she's just come from her sister's graduation and is in a rather bad mood. Uh, no one thought her sister would graduate, but turns out, you know, she'd do anything for, for Selica. Uh, and this is where we get the odd daddy buys his daughter's everything stuff, which is we're about to find out just it doesn't work. Um, and then, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's definitely the kind of the, the, the idea we're given of of Mr. Green and it, it's not I don't think it follows through very well no so again we've discussed this in the past but let's let's bring it up now so in the past they're like you know daddy and they call him daddy uh, always like you know gives them unlimited credit cards buys them everything he's he's concerned and calling you could imagine like he's a he's a father who is trying to like buy his daughter's affections or maybe he's like really timid and he's just doesn't want any harm to come to his daughter, so like they can have absolutely anything they want. And yeah, like the 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 friends writers always seem to do this, where if they have a character in mind who we don't see, they never match the reality. And I and I don't know if it's like due to poor writing, or if they pick an actor later, and obviously the actor doesn't match up with what they've written previously, or maybe the actors just come on and don't know any of this stuff and act it how they feel like it should be. Yeah, I guess. I mean, well, I suppose in terms of the actor, you're given a script and you'll be directed somewhat when you get to the episode. And like, yeah. it's one of those kind of TV things. If, if you're going to make a show that's going to have, you know, 20 odd episodes a season, there are going to be inconsistencies that pop up from time to time. Oh, yeah, de- definitely. And with this, you know, we're finding out, you know, he's, his daughter is graduated because, you know, she's going to earn a car out of it. Um, But it's weird that even in the same episode, like the the personality changes. Uh, but, you know, we'll get into that when we actually meet her father. Yeah, there's lots, there's lots and lots to say about Mr. Green in this episode, to be fair. Uh, Doctor. Doctor Green. Oh, Doctor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, you know, so Rachel, you know, she's in a bad mood, though, because her parents couldn't just sit there quietly at the graduation. They had to get into a huge fight. Bishop Tutu had to shush them. Uh, and now she gets to serve coffee for eight hours. So, yeah, I totally feel her at this point. I want to meet Bishop Tutu. <laughs> um, he sounds like a cartoon character. It's just like, like he'd be in Spongebob or something. You, you don't know who that is? No, who's Bishop Tutu? You know who Bishop Tutu is. I don't know who Bishop Tutu is. So, so Desmond Tutu uh, was a South African Anglican bishop. Uh who actually only recently, uh, he passed away uh, end of last year, actually. Uh, no, De- Desmond Tutu, if you saw him, you would instantly recognise him and know who he is. 
Like he he was often who, on British TV and stuff. I know who Desmond Tutu is. Like, why is Bishop Tutu at a graduation? I don't think that's meant to be the same person, is it? Yeah, because you know Desmond Tutu is a bishop. But bishop would the Archbishop be at the graduation of Rachel's sister? Because Americans, I assume, get lots of celebrities doing that. Like, there's always on TV a famous celebrity or someone at a graduation who who gives a speech about you know the future of society and how they're going to be the ones who change the world. Blah blah blah. Right. I mean, he did win a Nobel Peace Prize, so I suppose that kind of makes sense. And the Greens are quite well off. But for uh, for some reason, I'd I'd never put the two together. I just like it seemed to me like, incongruity that it would be, you know. <laughs> Desmond Tutu. I just assumed it was some other random Tutu. You just thought it was a funny name, didn't you? Yeah, it's like <laughs> Bishop Tutu. You know, like it's it's insane to me that Nobel Prize winner would be there at that, that, that graduation. But okay, we'll, we'll go with it, friends. Why yeah, it's, it's it's a very American thing, I think. Like in in the UK, like neither of us went to uh, university, right? Nope. So neither of us like graduated or whatever. But you you know, over here when you when you graduate even if you graduate from school or, or college or whatever generally it is you go in on a day off you go up to someone at a desk tell them your name they give you your certificates and off you go again like there's no celebration now at uni yeah, although there normally is more but yeah having said that i found out today that my friend's four-year-old is having a graduation ceremony from like nursery and that's where he's got to go on saturday <laughs> yeah to a nursery graduation and i'm like that's a, right does she get a hat and go and he's like i think so I'm like, well, that's, that's a bit crazy. It sounds fun and adorable, but it's that, also crazy. That's an American thing that has uh, come over over recent years of graduating, like the different schools. stuff. But It's uh, like prom. Yeah, 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 same. Exactly. There's a lot of American stuff that, that's moved over here for some reason. Like, I don't, there's no need to graduate from primary school. Like, at that age, you don't need to care that much. Well, are you going back to school next year? Yes, then you haven't really graduated, have you? You're just going to a different building. (laughs) It might even be the same building. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so so yeah, yeah, this is a very very American thing to have, I wouldn't say a celebrity, but someone to, you know, send off the graduates, I guess. Uh, You know, Phoebes then uh, thinks that perhaps, you know, they shouldn't invite Rachel's parents. Except her mum, though, because Monica's already invited her. Yeah, Monica's already ruined that part. So. I, I mean, you know, at least she's invited her this time because in a, in a future episode, she forgets to invite Rachel's mum. And she that does was even worse. Episode. <laughs> Such a good episode. Uh, so, yeah, the one we're discussing there is where uh, it's the baby shower, isn't it? And we're then uh, at Monica's. They're getting the f- the party ready. Firstly, Ryan, why have you never thrown me a surprise birthday party or even just a birthday party? And secondly, is it just me who can't blow up balloons? Because like, I mean, I can I can blow them up. I just can't tie them up without all the air coming out. They're just like so fiddly. You don't get a party mark because you can't tie balloons. It's a birthday law. I don't make the rules. I just follow the rules, and that's why you don't get a birthday party. Oh, okay. Because you need to be able to build a birthday to have a birthday. Like it's I... not complicated. You blow the air in. You pull the end. You do a knot. Yeah, you, I, you don't I... have to be in scant to tie a balloon. Like it's easy. Yeah, I, I can't do the the tying balloon bit. We'll teach you. I'll learn how many claps there are in the opening credits. Okay. So we'll teach you to okay. tie a balloon. Yeah, I've never, I've never been to like a surprise birthday party or anything like that. Uh. No, I've been to birthday parties. I don't think I've been to a surprise one. 
<laughs> well, yeah, I've been to birthday parties. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've never, look, I've never, I've never, I don't ever remember jumping out on anyone at a party, and I don't ever remember people jumping out on me. If I did, it wasn't a very good surprise because it's lost on me. Like, I've had. I've had 35 of the things now. Maybe I could have a surprise. The thing is, how did you really do a surprise birthday party? It's not all that surprising. You'd have to do it on a day that's not my birthday. Because if you do jump out of the closet on my actual birthday, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, cool. I know what's going on now. Well, yeah, I guess you've got to be invited somewhere or just come home from work or whatever and people surprise you. that. It, like, it's not a surprise it's your birthday. It's a surprise that someone has like put some effort in to give you a party. Maybe our listeners can throw us a surprise birthday party. They they can do that by going to our Patreon and uh, <laughs> making it our birthday every month. Patreon.com yeah. forward slash watching friends. Shameless plug. Yeah. <laughs> uh we um Yeah, so so we're at Monica's. Uh but yeah, there's there's not gonna be any birthday cake. Instead there's gonna be a birthday flan. I got I've got to be really careful I say because always when I read it, I'm like flan. It's not flan, it's flan. Uh, well, I, I would pronounce it Flan, um, which makes me think of Final Fantasy bad guys. But yeah, it's written Flan. Yeah, uh, which is a traditional traditional Mexican dessert. Uh, have you ever had Flan or Flan? I want to say yes, and I didn't like it. Yeah, I I feel like it's something that's been somewhere that you've tried and just gone, ugh, it's gross. I think my aunt had it once. And the option was like that or ice cream. And I took one bite of the flan and was like, ice cream! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> immediately changed my mind. I, I mean, either way, it, it doesn't look great, right? You know, happy birthday, Rachel. <laughs> Here's some goo. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, doesn't mean, you know, a cake is definitely better. Oh, yeah. You've, you've always got to have cake at a birthday, right? Even if you have to bring your own cake to your birthday. Yeah. I mean, I like our I like our friendship group tradition now that we've had for the past two birthdays in our group, where a birthday cake is presented, and we all sing happy birthday to the same friend whose birthday isn't. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's a laugh, and <laughs> he it's, hates it so much, but it's great. Especially if you're at like TGI Fridays and get the the staff up and dancing. Yeah, we'll have to do it at Hooters once because it gets a bit crazy in there. Well, that's American Hooters, right? So, because <laughs> there is a Hooters in the UK. And I bet it's probably not as good as the American ones. I mean, morbid curiosity is making me want to go, but I don't want it to, you know, ruin it. <laughs> Disappoint you. Yeah. Uh, like... We then have a knock at the door, and it's Dr. Green, Rachel's dad, uh, who's played by Ron Lieberman, uh, who also sadly passed away um, a couple of years ago now, in 2019. Uh, you'll know him from like a number of films and more recently uh, in The Sopranos as well as in the TV show Archer. Yes. Um, you know, Archer is, I don't, I don't want to say adult cartoon, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not real life. Uh, oh, it's definitely not appropriate for kids. No, it's, 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 a, it's about a spy. It's got the, uh, the same voice actor as Bob, Bob's Burgers. Um, it is a very funny show. And uh, Ron Lieberman is... Brilliant in it. Um, but yeah, obviously, you know, the, the Sopranos, you've been watching that lately, haven't you? Yeah, he's a, doc, he's a doctor in The Sopranos. He's not in it a lot, but, you know, he's in it. But yeah, you, you, you'll recognise him from a lot of things. Um, and then, you know, we go back to, you know, thankfully Monica, who can fit quink, who can fit, think quickly. Uh, she tries to send him on his way before he bursts in and just sees the party. Like, 
Now, this is where the, the character issue comes in. Like, you know, he, he literally just pushes his way past Monica through the door instead of being like, oh, she just told me that Rachel's not here. Okay, I guess I'll go. I mean, yeah, he is he is a bit of a jerk here at this point. But I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt because I assume he's struggling with the divorce. Like, he didn't ask for this the divorce. Imagine finding out that you're someone's Barry. Like, that that's going to mess <laughs> yeah. you up. Like, the woman you've been married to for, you know, what, 30, 40 years is basically, oh, yeah, you're made, you've made me miserable and I regret my life with you. Like, that's that's a tough pill to swallow. Oh, yeah, we're, we're going to get into this later on in this episode, I guess. Um, but, yeah, so, obviously, Rachel found out uh, a few episodes ago that her parents were getting divorced. And you you got to think that, you know, he, yeah, like, he, he is basically better. You know, he is the the breadwinner of the family, I guess. You know, he's wealthy and his wife... You assume, uh, based on everything you learn about her, that she probably never really worked in her life and probably uh, was just like a housewife and was given allowance and stuff like that, right? Yeah, which, which you know, I guess it, at the time it was seen as like the done thing, but it's quite sad really that she couldn't have, you know, done her own thing around raising the kids. Should have been a joint thing. But, you know, we are we are modern men, Mark. But as I said earlier, you know, in the past we're told like he buys his daughters everything and he's basically a kind and caring dad who always wants to look after them. But, you know, what we actually get is a dad who's very judgmental. Uh, doesn't seem like he would flash his cash around even, like seems really strict. So like in this scene, uh, Monica, you know, being a good host, it introduces everyone and he instantly dismisses them all saying, you know, he can't remember all their names. Like that's so rude. Yeah, that is really rude. But like, okay, you can leave now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, don't come into my house and disrespect my people. Yeah, like you just go, oh, oh nice to meet you. Like, even if, if you don't care, you just you don't say out loud, like, I can't, can't remember all that. Uh, yeah, I'm terrible with names. But at no point would I tell a group of people I've just met that I'm not going to remember their names. No, you, you might go, you might be apologetic and say, look, uh, please uh, excuse me if I forget your names. But, you know, I've just been introduced to eight people and you only have to remember one. I have to remember eight. Yeah, he... He definitely comes across like, I can't be bothered to remember your names. Not, I won't remember your names. Yes. Uh, and then he, you know, he helps himself to some alcohol as he tries to mock Monica and explaining like what sort of party this is going to be. Uh, and then we get another knock at the door and it's Rachel's mum. What, the father can't drop by to see the daughter on her birthday? Oh, no, no, the father can. But um, <laughs> since I am the roommate, I can tell you that she's not here and I'll pass along the message, okay? So bye-bye. Oh! <laughs> No, no, not a party. Just a surprise gathering of some people Rachel knows. Uh, this is Phoebe and Chandler and Joey. I'll never remember all of that. So, uh, what's the deal? Rachel comes home, people pop out and yell stuff, is that it? This isn't your first surprise party, is it, sir? Hi, Monica. Chinese menu guy. Forgot the menus. So, basically, just a Chinese guy. Uh, hey, Dr. Green, uh, why don't you come with me? We'll put your jacket on Rachel's bed. All right. That sounds like a two-person job. Well, my goodness, what was that? Sandra, I am so sorry. You know, I thought you were Rachel, and we just weren't ready for you yet. You thought I was Rachel? Uh, yes, because uh, you look so young. And because you're both you know, white women. 
I really do love, you know, Joey like offering to take Dr. Green's jacket to Rachel's room and then his sarcastic comeback of, you know, this sounds like a two-person job. Yeah, that's very much a Chandler joke. <laughs> like, I feel like in a different universe, Chandler made that line. Uh, and then, you know, the, the way the, the guys and girls like cover up, like pretending they thought Mrs. Green was Rachel because she's so young. Uh, you know, yeah, they're in a tricky spot right now. Yeah? <laughs> they're both white women. That cracked <laughs> yeah. me up so much. It's, like, it's such a weird line. But yeah. <laughs> like, Phoebe's like, what have they got in common? White. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you got to think of, you know, their lies for, for Joey and his acting. They're like, oh, you know, the lighting was very good. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> You're in a play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're in a tricky spot now. And, uh, you know, Mrs. Green has entered the building i guess and obviously dr green is in rachel's room Chan offers to take her jacket and put it in rachel's room but you know he can't go in there uh so you know he just chucks it in the cupboard under the tv which i think is really great and i, I do have a question though how did joey manage to keep dr green in rachel's room for so long uh i don't know but i would like to see some kind of like weird physical comedy where he's getting him stuck in his jacket or Faffing around, or I, I kind of you know, Joey's got <laughs> ad improv skills, I reckon. Yeah, just like, oh look, this is Rachel's room. Look at look at the picture she has. She has a picture of you here. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm sure he would have figured out something because he does open the door to check and like, oh no, like we need to stay in here a bit longer first. Yeah, we often talk about how in the later seasons Joey gets dumber and dumber, and it's not always the best. Whereas you know, he's definitely got some you know intelligence here. He he has street smarts, as we've discussed before. Street smarts. Yeah. Or hiding, divorcing couple smarts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, the, the gang need to now get rid of Mrs. Green. Uh, Phoebe's way of doing this is, in, is to invite her into the toilet with her. So this is going to be a tangent, and it's going to be one of mine now, rather than yours. Mark tangent? We yeah. don't get many of these. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> and, you know, it's one I'm sure many people listening will be like, yeah, why do they do that? And I'm talking about girls or women particular going to the bathroom with their mates when they're you know out and about so like when me and you are out ryan i don't ask if you fancy going to the toilets with me and if i did you'd probably give me like a strange look no doubt if you did it might be the only time we hung out <laughs> just be like <laughs> and we don't invite mark again <laughs> yeah and you know I, and certainly i don't want to invite you like i don't need you to offer me a hand or assistance in any way and certainly if i'm trying to do anything i don't want to be chatting to you and, you know, nope. maybe it's a guy thing, uh, especially at the urinal. You have to treat it like golf. You concentrate on your grip. You keep an eye on the ball. And you try not to veer off to the sides. <laughs> now, uh, yeah. Well, now in the women's bathroom, I used to always wonder like this. So like you and your friend, you're chatting, you're in the cubicle. Are they just outside shouting through the door? And now I have had this conversation with friends in the past and I either get one of two answers. One is women uh, find it completely strange or they find it that they're fully comfortable with it, right? And those that are comfortable with it then go on to tell me that no, they don't hang outside. They're actually in the cubicle with you. Now, I don't know if you know this, Ryan. No, this is news to me. Why would you be in the cubicle? Okay, so, you know, because there's not a lot of room in women's toilets, as, you know, we all know from the, the lack of a queue outside the men's. Uh, and so you and your friend will be in the cubicle together whilst you pee or, you know, whatever. Um, is it just me that finds that gross? 
I mean, I mean, you won't talk to anyone through a door while you're peeing anyway. We've discussed that previously. That you always find people using the bathroom in someone's house weird. Um, well, no, no, that but, was that was the shower. That was a bit different, right? Still a bathroom adjacent, not <laughs> in the bathroom. So, even, um, even still, people are uncomfortable with that. You know, like when someone knocks on the door and people just they don't make a noise. They don't say occupied or whatever. Like in a in a public toilet or whatever, they just go quiet. <laughs> I mean, given the option, I'll always use the cubicle over urinal because I don't want to stand next to people while they pee. I want, <laughs> I want my little private pee box. Yeah, you're, you're, you have a shy bladder. <laughs> I, I, just, I don't want to. I don't want to. And then what if, what if dinner, someone wants to talk to you and it's just, no, you don't talk. Like the, the most you do is like a tiny bit of eye contact as you nod as someone holds the door open for you. That's okay, about okay. all you get in the men's bathroom. I, I was about to tell you that the eye contact and a nod can, can mean something else in the men's toilets at the urinals. <laughs> I mean, I'd be oblivious to it as always. But. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, like if you were sitting on the toilet, Ryan, one, I wouldn't know where to look as it's in an enclosed space if I was in the cubicle with you, right? And two, I don't really want to be looking at you in the eyes as you do your business or, or worse, farting your way through it. You know, I mean... I mean, if, if you went to the cube, you'd be like, Mark, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. Go next door. <laughs> like, you know, there's being comfortable with your friends and then there's being comfortable with your friends. And, you know... Yeah, I, no, no thanks. Yeah, I, I think... You'd probably find it strange if there was a, a room full of empty urinals and a guy walked in and used the one that was right next to you. Because there, there is a, like an etiquette for men's toilets. You always have to leave a gap or go to the furthest like urinal away and only fill in those gaps as it gets busy. Yep, like why would they pick the one right next to you? That's weird. Yeah. So there, I remember there, there used to be years ago like a flash game of like pick the urinal and like you had to guess which urinal to use next. Because uh, there is an unwritten rule, like you do not use the urinal that someone else is using unless there is no like buffer urinal between you. You know what? Bathrooms are the most awkward when they're like men and children's bathroom at the same time. So you've got like a row of urinals, but they steadily get lower to the ground because then you kind of like, I really need to pee, but we've only got the tiny urinal, like the one that's like a foot and a half off the ground. And I'm like, well, I don't, how do I do? And then I like the trousers I'm currently wearing don't have a zip on. They, they're just like, you know, elastic around around the waist with like a, a knot. So to like, I, I can't pull them halfway down and I have to like, you know what I mean? It's like, why would don't do that? Like, just put steps there that maybe you could use. I don't know. Why have a urinal a foot and a half of the ground? Because I can't stand and just pee down. That'd be weird. <laughs> You're making me think of um, when you see like butters on South Park, and he pulls his trousers all the way down. Like, I think that's probably a thing young kids do. Yeah, that's what kids do. Yeah, so, but, no, definitely cubicle, cubicle all the way. I did think your story was going to go a different way of you being like, I'm peeing here, and there is a child whose head height is at uh, my crotch height right next to me. I mean, those little dividing walls they put next to cubicles or urinals are really stupid. It's like half a foot of porcelain sticking out of it. And I'm like, what? what is that there for? No one's trying to look there. It's weird. Now you've made me think about what's that there for. And I'm looking at it. And it's the person next to me thinking, no, don't look. Just look ahead, Ryan. You look at the head and try and try and move the little toilet spongy thing <laughs> with the pee. <laughs> it's like what? a little game that they put in toilets for men to play when we get bored. Well, there there is also like the trough as well. 
and you have different types of troughs. So you have the ones that are hung up on the wall, which are fine, or the ones where it's just like it's on the floor and there is pee everywhere. Yep. And troughs are even worse because as stupid as those little dividers seem at urinals, at least there's a divider where a trough is just lying up next to each other like you're in some kind of urinating hoedown and let fly. And it's like, no, thank you. And I'll you, wait for the cubicle. And it, and if you're at one end of the uh, the trough, then you're just going to see all the pee coming towards you. Yeah, just now. I mean, uh, maybe you could have some kind of like bro race to see how fast you can push the urinal cake all the way down the trough. <laughs> but you'd have to be very close friends to try that. It's not a game to play with strangers. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, so you know, it it it's strange all around, uh, but perfectly normal for some people. Um, so yeah, so so they're off doing that, enjoying the the bathroom together, and and as I say, you know, some some women are perfectly comfortable with it, and the reason behind doing it is because women's toilets generally are very busy. But yeah, like I I remember there was even like a story once where there was some cl- nightclubs and they put little like portholes in the sides of the cubicles so you could sit and chat to your friend while we're in the bathroom. <laughs> oh my God, how much have you got to talk about that you need to talk while peeing? Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So very, very strange. And, you know, maybe some uh, women can write into us and tell us how actually it's perfectly normal and it's great and, you know, we should give it a try. And uh, I don't think that will happen, but, you know, maybe you can convince convince us somehow. I always assumed the reason there was a queue for the women's bathroom is that women have more to do in there. So bloke walks in, stand up, whip it out, do your business, put it away, wash your hands out, you go. Whereas women have to like rearrange more of their outfit. Like if they've got tights on, that's a whole couple of minutes of your life you've got to bark. And can you pee in heels? Dunno. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. So you've got to sort that out. Then you've got to hike your dress up and you're like, great, I don't want now I've got to refix that. Then you're probably going to want to patch up your makeup while you're in there because there's pressure to look good when you leave the bathroom. So you've got to do your makeup. And then you know what? If you're fixing your makeup, you should probably do your hair too. So there's like so many things. You're basically getting dressed again if you go to the bathroom as a woman. And like, what if you're wearing a jumpsuit and you've, you know, you've got to take the whole thing off? That's a nightmare. Yeah, I, I've heard that basically women's bathrooms can be worse than men's in terms of how disgusting they can be. Uh, and, you, you know, like, I'm sure you've been into the bathroom when you've had a jacket on. You're like, OK, I need to take my jacket off because, you know, I can't can't sit with the jacket on, but there's nowhere to hang it. And you're like, well, I'm not putting it on the floor. Now imagine that, but nope. that's all your clothes that you're putting on. No, no, thank you. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so got uh, Mrs. Green and uh, Phoebe in the bathroom together having a, a, a gal pal time. And Monica is freaking out. And this is where Chandler jumps over the chair. Now, firstly, I don't think Monica would allow that. And secondly, I'd always be a little wide that I'd misjudge and just trip over the top trying to do a stunt like that. Well, we know at one point uh, Matt LeBlanc trips as an E and falls into the, the chair. Yeah. And dislocate your shoulder. So yeah, you know it's 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 a dangerous stunt. I'm surprised he managed to get you know clearance to do it. And uh, we then uh, get a joke that I don't get, which is uh, what would Jack and Chrissy do? And this is actually a homage to the Freeze Company, which is a, a show again. Uh, I don't think has much relevance here in the UK, but was popular in the states. Yeah, it name faintly rings a bell, but I've never seen it. Yeah, it's it's something that I I see referencing. In comedy, quite a bit, but yeah, it, it it makes no no difference to my mind. Uh, then we have like Joey coming out with Doctor Green, and thankfully Monica has a plan: take Doctor Green over to their place because that's where the party is. Uh, because this is the staging area. Now, 
I would hate to be those two because one, like the guy's apartment is going to be a mess, right? They yep. they they don't keep it tidy all for for this sort of thing. It's going to be a mess. And two, it literally has no decorations. And like even like Joey has to like grab some saying this is in the wrong apartment and take them out with him. I know there's a lot. Of, I know I know there's a lot of one and two parts to my arguments today. I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. Um, but I do feel like her party having a staging area is the most believable Monica thing ever. Like, yeah, <laughs> you well, yes. tell me that. <laughs> like, wait, what do you mean it's a staging area? It's Monica. Oh, okay. It now makes all of the sense. We then have a bunch of people now coming into the apartment building. Uh, Chandler haven't met them on the stairs. He handily sends all the guys to Monica's and all the girls his way. <laughs> no one bats an eye. But like su- such clever Chandler there. I love it. Yeah, it's, the channel is fantastic in this episode. I absolutely love him. Yep, absolutely brilliant. Uh, Monica has noticed this, though, and is not happy. And she says, you know, send some women to, to my side, why don't you? Uh, Ross then does his like special little buzz, so we know he and Rachel are there. And uh, this is when Chan lets everyone uh, know in his apartment that this is happening before rushing into Monica's to grab a woman who must have slipped past. <laughs> Which is a real Joey <laughs> thing to away. do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a Joey thing to do, but he like he just grabs her and it's like with you know it's with such like great confidence that he does it. It's just amazing. Like don't see trying to be like this, but yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's cool. Uh and then Ross and Rachel arrive and Ross is, you know, too lovey for me here. He's he's all over Rachel. Uh, but Rachel is thanking him for the earrings. She loves him even more, though, uh, when he says that she can exchange them if she wants to. And we won't go for this again, because we've already discussed Rachel's gift uh, receiving in, in a previous episode. I mean, normally I relate to Ross a lot in you know in this show, as we've discovered over the year. Um, but yeah, the way he's all over in this scene is gross. Um, like, I'm a romantic, but I'm not... I'm not a fan of public displays of affection. And while technically there's no one else around, it is a bit like, uh, get off her. Like, yeah, it's grim. It's, it's the way he's acting is just a bit, bit too cringy. And you're like, if you watched yourself doing that, you're just like, Oh no, like why, why am I doing that? It's too much. Yeah, exactly. Ugh, no, thanks. Uh, they then enter Monica's and everyone jumps out. Well, Sort of. They all just kind of shout when the lights come on. They don't. They, yeah, they, they don't hide. They're just kind of standing in the. Well, not even the dark, like the the dimness, I guess. Yeah, like I feel like if you're not hidden, it kind of ruins the surprise somewhat because you, you know you just like, lights on, people there, hi. Yeah. Like it's not the same. <laughs> but you know, Rachel has a lot of friends, judging by the amount of people in both rooms. Uh, but we do uh, spot Gumpher in Monica's, which I thought was interesting, and. It's so, always nice to see Gunther out and about. Oh, definitely. We we get quite a bit more of him now, uh, especially in this episode. So he's had like a, a line or two previously. Now he gets a small scene, I guess. And, uh, you know, for, for some reason, you know, Gunther looks very young here. And, it you know, maybe because we've not like been seeing him up close normally because he's normally in the distant background. But like, yeah, he looks he looks so young. And now, obviously, yes, it's an early season and whatnot, but... But Gumpher kind of doesn't age either. 
Well, I think in my head, I've got like an image of what Gunther looks like. And it's probably like season eight yes. friends, like, yeah. <laughs> like quite late on. That's, in, that's how he looks in my head. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what you mean when you see when you see him early on in the season. You are like, he's a baby. Because <laughs> yeah. he looks so young. <laughs> uh, and then Monica then sends um, Rachel and Ross uh, to the boys' apartment. And everyone else jumps out, including Rachel's dad. What a surprise. A double whammy. Which uh, is probably the perfect time for us to have a quick break. Eliminate clutter and embrace the freedom of the HyperX wireless gaming gear for PC and console. Power through all the great monthly PlayStation Plus games with the Cloud Stinger Core Wireless for PlayStation. Enjoy lightweight comfort with reliable wireless freedom so you don't miss plot points when you head to the fridge. High quality HyperX wireless products can be found at most fine retailers as well as online at Target, Best Buy and Amazon or you can shop for them directly at HyperX.com and HP.com. Explode When Defeated presents something really neat and full of meat. Those children aren't going to protect themselves in a brand new podcast series about everyone's favorite giant reptile. Godzilla? No, we already did that one. Rodan? No, we did that one too. Gorgo? Gamera. We're talking about Gamera. From turtles to medieval samurai golems on our new series, Demolition Die. Only on the HyperX Podcast Network. Eliminate clutter and embrace the freedom of HyperX wireless gaming gear for PC and console. Power through all the great monthly PlayStation Plus games with the Cloud Stinger Core Wireless for PlayStation. Enjoy lightweight comfort with reliable wireless freedom so you won't miss plot points when you head to the fridge. High quality HyperX wireless products can be found at most fine retailers as well as online at Target, Micro Center, Best Buy, Amazon, Walmart, or shop directly at HyperX.com and HP.com. Hi, it's me, Jeremy Parrish, co-host of the Retronauts podcast, the only video game history podcast that's been around so long, it's also a part of video game history. Every week, one of the motley rabble who hosts this show leads a deep dive into the past, whether it's to break down a classic franchise, learn more about a timeless game from its creator, or just wallow in nostalgia. Relive history with Retronauts, here on the HyperX Podcast Network. Welcome back, Ryan. Welcome back, Mark. And Rachel is freaking out that they're both here, so both her parents. And, you know, Ross tries to calm the situation, uh, but totally misjudges and then immediately backtracks. And then he we, does. It's great. <laughs> well, and then we have uh, Rachel. Uh, well, you know, she will just have to be okay with this two birthdays, two cakes, or just one flan. Just the one flying. I mean, I mean, having two birthdays sounds great, right? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'd have the energy for two pies. I mean, I didn't... well, I would because I'd only want to go to one of these two pies, which I'm sure <laughs> we'll get into later. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> well, I've, we're going to get into right now, I guess, because uh, we cut to the boys' apartment, which is absolutely jumping. And Chandler leaves the bathroom after some girl sticks her tongue down his throat uh, to tell Joey the good news. And this this is where like Joey is wondering about setting up a volleyball court in Chandler's room. Now his room isn't that big, so I, I, I want to know how they're doing that. 
It's not, but I, I love this because it's such like young men nonsense attitude of just like, well, just something stupid at the party. Why? Because we're young and stupid. Yeah. Like, it's just it's just fun. Like, just doesn't have to make any sense or be remotely practical. I mean, these are the guys that invent fireball. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't have it doesn't have to make sense to be fun. Well, and also, you know, Chandler has just just got with a woman. You know, that's you know not an everyday occurrence for him. And yeah, he wants to celebrate and tell his best friend like what's going going on. I like to think that would be a smart. We'd be at a party, and then one of us would, you know, kiss somebody, and I would run the phone the other one, be like, "It just happened!" And be like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, go watching Friends. Woo, yeah. woo. <laughs> and, and then, of course, uh, we then hear the woman call for Chandler or Dennis, I should say, as she clearly doesn't know his name, and back into the bathroom he goes. Now that's a bit of a strange place to make out, and surely with that many people, you know, at the party drinking, someone is going to want to use that bathroom pretty quickly, right? I mean, Dennis can do what he wants. It's Chandler's apartment. Like, you know what I mean? it, it, can... Well, it is, but people are going to be knocking on that door, right, wanting to get in. Well, they'll just have to wait. Chandler's <laughs> busy. Like, it's his house. Just answer to like, it's my house, go away. Close the door. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, Chandler's having, you know, he's living his best life at this point in time, isn't he? Yeah, Lee, you know, don't ruin his party by leaving the bathroom. It's so inconsiderate. <laughs> what a terrible party guest. Well, yeah, we've, we've probably all been to parties like that where, you know, uh, a couple or, or two people have, you know, got together and then you're like, oh, well, that, that room or that area is now off limits. Yeah, it's, no, it's normally one of the bedrooms and you're like, okay, no one's going in there now. No, exactly. And Rachel wants to go see her mum. And ask Ross to keep her dad company. And Ross doesn't really know what to talk about. And we then get another brilliant line from Rachel. Uh, which is, you know, just stay away from uh, I'm doing your daughter and we should be okay. <laughs> which I think is absolutely one of the best lines. Yep, yeah, I almost feel like we now need like a jingle for like Rachel Green comedy appreciation. <laughs> like we need to work something out because we've got our my joke clip. But we need, we need a Rachel jingle. Yeah, I, I kind of want to you know, do a questionnaire with people like on the street and just be like, you know, how funny is Rachel? And I bet she gets rated like a zero. I bet no one thinks she's funny at all. But every episode for, you know, at least the last like handful, she has had at least one absolutely brilliant line. Yeah, it's, I guess because like as a stereotype, Rachel scene is like the pretty ditzy one. Um, so you don't really associate her with kind of out and out humour, but she is very funny. And it's one of the highlights of this podcast for me is that we've discovered that comedic talent of rachel green yeah we, we should rename the podcast watching rachel green <laughs> <laughs> i think mean, that's someone else actually uh and then we cut to monica so there's going to be a lot of quick cuts back and forth here and we're at monica's and she's doing some games write down your most embarrassing memory and uh then i guess she reads them out like i don't know i'm never sure how how good these sorts of games are like sometimes they can be okay and sometimes very lame. Uh, I mean, maybe it's a British thing, but if if we were in a room and someone says, write down your most embarrassing memory, I'm immediately going to think of my most embarrassing memory and more than likely go, not using that one, and then pick <laughs> something that's slightly less embarrassing or just cringe at the mere idea of exposing this memory to a room full of people that I may not know all that well. Yeah. But like there's... Um, I got introduced a few years ago to... Uh, an app which was like a, a party game app i'm trying to find it on my phone now i don't think i'm gonna find it because i can't even remember the name of it but it, it's on there somewhere and basically 
it creates like instant party drinking games and you can set it to different levels of just like, hey, we're just having casual drinks to, you know, extreme. We're going to get into like some weird places with, with this now, right? Yeah. And sometimes it can be absolutely brilliant, but you've got to use it at the right time because it will be stuff like, right, I'm going to do a drinking game now and it's like, okay, the, the person whose name begins with A or the, or the closest to letter A has to take, you know, one shot and then it'll be like, okay, uh, if you are over 30, you have to jump up and down now on the spot until we say stop. And then there'll be questions and stuff like this going on. And it's a way to, it is a way to basically get people drinking. Uh, but yeah. I, get, I guess to loosen up sort of thing. And yeah, it, it depends. Like if you do it too early, it's too complicated, too dull. If you do it too late, people are not paying attention, right? But th- those sorts of games can be fun because they're getting a group of people, I guess, together and involved. Yeah, Monica's game is not fun. No, like, like anything Monica does, it's it's organised fun. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's you know it's kind of missing the key element of fun, but you know she's trying, bless her. Oh yeah, that's the hard thing of pies because when you see American parties, there everyone's always jumping, having a great time, and chatting and stuff like that. And I don't think I've ever been to a British party that's ever been like an American TV party. It's either. It, people sitting there awkwardly on their phones watching TV, not really doing anything. Or people just drinking. Like, the, it, the, there's never this kind of, like, happy, kind of chill atmosphere and people dancing to music. Like, there's there's generally never much dancing just because everywhere's too small. I mean, I, think the, I guess the main thing with, especially American parties on TV, there's, like, 50 people there and there's always, yes. like, a... A big enough crowd for it to feel like a pie. Whereas the majority of, I guess, British house pies, they tend to be probably around like 20 or fewer people. So it's just because houses in Britain tend to be quite a lot smaller than the kind of the cliche American house pie house. Um, so you just haven't really got the space. And then it is, it tends to be like a large group of people that have kind of split it off into smaller groups of people. And you just kind of like make your way around the different groups over the course of the evening. Yeah. Yeah. Germany, you end up in the kitchen somehow, right? Yeah. Or outside in the garden while people want to smoke. And then everyone just kind of migrates out there until it starts to rain. <laughs> yeah. Damn those smokers. Uh, but, you know, Monica is actually super fun, though, because she wants everyone to know how to put the caps fully back on their pens so they won't dry out. Like, I really like these yeah, little I mean, details about Monica. I do, but it annoys me a little bit because I'm like, Monica, you should have just bought some disposable party markers that you wouldn't have to worry about. <laughs> Don't give the party people the good markers. You know. Uh, with them give back... them pencils, give them pencils, and then nothing dries out. Oh, but but then the sharpening and the shavings and oh, the mess. Well, if they break their pencil, they're out of the game. That's, <laughs> that's the rule. <laughs> that's the rule. Uh, with them back at the uh, boys, and Ross is chatting to Doctor Green. Uh, sadly, a woman died on his table today, and here's Ross with his classic humour coping mechanism. Um, yeah, it's... I love this joke. It's it's so. It's so darkly humorous and it like it's perfectly uncomfortable and perfectly Ross at the same time. Like, I think if I was going to distill a joke down to the essence of Ross, this would be it. Well, yeah, because he asked Dr. Green, you know, how's a, a doctor's game or whatever, surgery game? And he's like, it's not a game, Ross. Like, a woman died on my table. And he's like, well, the good thing about my job is all the dinosaurs died years ago. Like, <laughs> it's like you can see what he's aiming for, but. Someone has still died, so it just misses the mark entirely, but I yeah. get a good chuckle out of it. 
Yeah, may, maybe Doctor Green should have just not said anything, right? Uh, yeah, then... I mean, why would you bring that up? Like, he's been a total party pooper. You can tell he's not in the you know the right frame of mind for a party. Because even if something sad has happened, you'd just be like, yeah, same old, same old, slice, dice, stitch him up, and add the door, they go. Well, slight, slight tangent. So I used to work in a call centre years ago, and the thing that would end a call the quickest is someone going, I've just found out I've got cancer or someone's got cancer or someone has just died because there's no way you're going to carry on that call. So, you know, if you're getting a telemarketer's call, you just say, you know, someone died on my operating table today because there's they would have to be brilliant or stupid to try and carry on that sales pitch. Yeah. We're then back at Monica's again, and she's explaining again how to put the lids back on. And we have these like quick cuts to show the boys' place being like really fun and lively with music, and Monica's being quiet and well, sort of dead really. And we then even get Gumpher even trying to leave, and Monica won't let him go. You know, she she's mean. I mean, yeah. I mean, you imagine trapping someone at your party. That doesn't spell fun, does it? Like, no. poor Gunther. But we get to see Gunther do things, and you know, <laughs> we get to see his legs. <laughs> like, he's not just a torso he's got a whole body that's not always behind a bar or a coffee shop so yay for Gunther's legs <laughs> that, that, that is a weird way you went there <laughs> uh, it just occurred, I was like Gunther's got legs I was just excited that we saw we saw all of Gunther uh, well Phoebe um, can get him out though and it's like an undercover military mission like she's going to create a diversion and, you know, I, I really do like Gumpher in these scenes and wish we kind of got a bit more of him being with the gang because he, he's just like such a nice and calm guy. Yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's likeable. I, I love that the, the diversion Phoebe attempts because initially when I said you think Phoebe distraction, my brain goes to her being like loud and hysterical and weird and quirky. But it's like pinpoint accurate to get Monica's attention. Like, oh, did someone forget to use a coaster? Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no way Monica isn't being triggered by that and going straight to straight to investigate. So it's fantastic work from Phoebe. Well, we're, we're going to get to that in a little bit. But uh, first, uh, the, we're at the boys and Dr. Green wants a drink and uh, Ross jumps up to go and get it for him. I think I need a drink. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll get it for you. What do you want? Scotch. Scotch. All right, I'll be back in 10 seconds with your scotch. On the rocks in a glass. Neat. Cool. No, 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 no. Neat, as in no rocks. I know. Oh, hello, Ross. Now, where have you been? I, uh, I have been in the bathroom. <clears throat> Stay clear of the salmon moose. <laughs> oh, Scotch neat. You know, that's Rachel's father's drink. Oh, <laughs> mine too. Isn't that neat? <laughs> Scotch neat. <laughs> Would you excuse me? Uh, yeah, Ross, Ross is just, you know, such a dork in this. Uh, he then bumps into, like, Mrs. Green. And she's wondered uh, where he's been. And, you know, his classic friend's terrible line response, you know... He, He's been in the bathroom with gastric distress. <laughs> it's like stay away from the salmon mousse. And yeah. it's just like, <laughs> go on. Uh, and, you know, he's having a, a scotch neat. Uh, 
you know, which makes Mrs. Uh, Green think about her husband as, you know, that's his drink. And we then get more like dorky Ross jokes. And, you know, then thankfully he bumps into Dr. Green uh, in the hall. Rather than, you know, Dr. Green going into the staging area and finding his wife then causing you know, a scene. He made it just in time, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Dr. Green wants his cigarettes from his jacket. And the faces he pulls as Ross lies to why he can't go in there, like, it's absolutely brilliant. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's almost like it's not worth the effort to argue with them because they're being so ridiculous. Yeah. And then uh, and Monica's, uh, she pulls out the first embarrassing memory. Monica, your party sucks. <laughs> like, yeah, that's probably what I would do. I wouldn't write down embarrassing memory. I'd put something stupid down. Yeah, I mean, it, the, the fact that it's anonymous and she's not going to know who it is, like, I would totally do it. <laughs> It'd be funny. Uh, yeah, so, you know, now I can't see any, any one of these people doing that to Monica. Like, Chandler or Joey, yes. But not Monica or Rachel's friends. Like, it, it, it's too harsh of a thing to do to someone you don't really know that well, maybe. No, again, I think they'd be like me with the like anonymous part of this party sucks. I'm going to tell her. Um, I mean, Phoebe might have done it. <laughs> yeah, 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 she might have done it. Yeah, 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 Phoebe would definitely do it, right? And this is when uh, Phoebe creates her distraction, playing on Monica's cleaning habits. And the first person's most embarrassing memory is Monica. Your party sucks. Okay, very funny. Oh no! Oh, did someone forget to use a coaster? What? I don't see anything. Great, I'm seeing water rings again. Uh, Gumpher leaves quickly and uh, now gets to go to the fun party. And then Ross bumps into Mrs. Green again with the cigarettes and the glasses that he got for Dr. Green. Uh, he's decided to wear them and put the cigarette in his mouth for some reason. Yep, because, well, you know, you got to keep the, the cover going. Well, well, yeah, he, he puts a cigarette in later, but he's... Yeah, why didn't he just, like, have the glasses in his pocket or whatever? And, you know, Mrs. Green notices that, you know, they look like her husband's, and, you know, this is where Rachel, like, jumps in and covers for Ross. But it is getting rather silly at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's great. I love a good farce, but it is, yeah. <laughs> like, it is ridiculous, but I'm there for it. And then we get another guest speaks to Phoebe. Uh, apparently, he's heard she can get people out. Okay. And how Phoebe's become like the the hero of the boring pie. Like, well, yeah, exactly right. Uh, let's play that clip. Okay, okay, she's taking the trash out, so I can get you out of here. But it has to be now. She'll be back any minute. What about my friend Victor? No, only the three of you. Any more than that, and she'll get suspicious. All right. Let me just get my coat. There isn't time. <laughs> just leave everything. They'll take care of you next door. <laughs> is it true they have beer? Everything you've heard is true. Could you guys please try to keep it down? We're trying to start a boggle tournament. Hey, welcome to the foe. 
I'm sorry, but these people needed me. You know, they work hard all week. It's Saturday night. They deserve to have a little fun. Go. <laughs> you know, my party is fun. I mean, maybe it's a little quieter, less obvious sort of fun. But, you know, if people would just give it a chance, it's so fun. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta love Phoebe here, right? She could have easily left the party herself, but she doesn't. And then she's helping other people get out to, like, have a great night. Yep, she's the hero we need. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, not all heroes wear capes, right? Yeah. Uh, I also love Gunther's face here. He has such, like, a, a guilty puppy facial expression when he gets busted. Like, oh, I'm enjoying myself and Monica's mad. Like, it's so it's so well done. I absolutely love it. The, the way he dances, though, and, you know, carries on like normal is, is brilliant, too. Yeah, it's like she's distracted. I'd carry on dancing. Yeah. <laughs> he just escapes. He's having such a great time as well. He looks so excited. Yeah, I, yeah, it's nice. I'd love to have seen, seen, as I said earlier, more of him kind of just being, being around them more. I guess. Uh, yeah, we, definitely. We then get Mrs. Green. Uh, doesn't know that you know Ross smoked, and now we get more dorky Ross. He gets ready to smoke and bumping into Doctor Green in the hallway again. And, you know, this is just such a great scene with Ross. Rachel, yeah. you didn't tell me your boyfriend smokes. Oh, yeah, like a chimney. Oh, <laughs> big smoker. <No. laughs> big, big smoker. In fact, I'm going to go out into the hallway and fire up this bad boy. wearing my glasses? Yes. I was just warming up the earpieces for you. Is that one of my cigarettes? Yeah. Yes, it is. I was just moistening the tip. Uh, yeah, just like the, the, the way the cigarette is stuck to his lip as he takes it out of his mouth is just like absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's almost distracting. In <laughs> It's just hanging awkwardly out of his face. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, this looks so gross. But <laughs> well, he looks it, ridiculous. And then it's just the, the, the way, you know, Dr. Green is like, is that one of my cigarettes? He's like, yeah, I'm just moistening the tip. <laughs> it had me howling it's such a horrible <laughs> sentence like no one really likes the word moist or moisten like it's just ugh. yeah but also if you if you've got a cigarette you don't want someone else moistening the tip for you there's, there's no enjoyment out of that yeah like you can tell Russ doesn't smoke because yeah. he's like you never want a moist tip no, you, well, you, that sounds terrible <laughs> you, you want a, a lit end but you're not a moist tip <laughs> yeah uh, we're then back at Monica's and Phoebe uh you know, was discussing getting people out and she can only get three of them out uh, without Monica getting suspicious, as we heard in the, the clip there. Uh, no coats. There's no time, goddammit. <laughs> you know, there, there is something I do like about this scene, though. It, one of the guys that she's talking to about getting out is just holding a balloon for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> like it's just there. Maybe he can't tie them either and wants to keep it as a, like a memento. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I do wonder if it's just an actor who 
didn't realize he was holding a balloon like he's just picked it up offset and or maybe he was like well i need to do sank my hands are not doing anything if i hold the balloon that's fine like, it'll make me look interesting and people remember me as the guy with the balloon <laughs> yeah my, yeah that, that can be my credits guy with balloon and we then cut to the boys apartment where the party is really going and monica is upset at the noise uh because she's trying to start a boggle tournament <laughs> yeah like oh my i mean i didn't realize boggle was a thing back then but uh apparently so yeah. you think i'd like boggle being like the language nerd that i am you think i'd enjoy boggle but i can't stand it yeah, it's not a game I'd want to play. No, I'm just like, pass. <laughs> like, I just don't care. Uh, you, you know, I've been wondering what makes for a good party, and honestly, I think it's just alcohol. You know, as, as people get drunk, they just don't care then, if it's good or not. I think, you know, freedom makes a good party. Like, if people have got, you know, you can have like a, a dance room, a chill room, or whatever room, you know, like you can segregate the house into different areas, I guess, but organised fun is not is not fun. They're like, we will all sit down and do this. Like, if people want to play a game in one room, knock yourself out. But trying to dictate to your entire party what they're all going to do, that's not the way to enjoy yourself. Well, you know, parties evolve. Because I, I remember when I was probably about, I don't know, guess between the ages of like 16 and 20. And this would be around the time of the early internet where families would have one computer in the house that had internet access. And generally, the parties would end up with just people just just sitting around the computer going on the internet because you know that was kind of more fun to do that. And you might end up on um, oh, what was the Flash website that had all like the, the Flash video games and stuff like that on there? Newsgrounds, new, Newgrounds, new, Newgrounds. New, new yeah, you'd end up on probably something like that, right? Uh, but I I distinctly remember like not even just like parties I went to, but other friends. They'd be like, yeah, we just kind of ended up around the computer eventually. Because it was like uh, something different to do. The house parties I went to, we'd end up with lots of, lots of, uh, how to phrase this, substance misuse. Okay. <laughs> that way, there'd just be too much booze or other substances that we probably shouldn't have had. Well, for for someone that that doesn't do any of that, like you, you, you enjoy the odd alcohol, I guess. That must have been like yeah, an like... interesting time for you to just watch other people just face out. Yeah, I guess it was, you know. I mean, there's always someone at a party that goes too far, and you're like, "Oh God, you know, Clive's drunk again. He's in a bush." <laughs> there's always that one person. Hang on, hang on. We've heard your bush story. You used to jump in bushes. <laughs> yeah, I was. Maybe I was Clive at that party, but not at this one. Uh, but Monica notices like some of her guests are at the boys' party, including Gumpher. It's disgust, and he's you know he's having a great time. And then sadly, Phoebe walks in with all her refugees and gets caught. Uh, and then we're back at Monica's and Mrs. Green uh, thinks Rachel needs a therapist. Um, she's dating someone just like her father. Great birthday, mum. Like, seriously. Uh, I mean, it's funny because obviously there's the whole, you know, I guess like the you know, Freudian-esque cliche of like, like, men date their mothers and women date their fathers. Um, but it's it's funny in this because obviously they've accidentally gone and reinforced this idea to to Mrs. Green. Well, I think we should listen to the clip right now. see a therapist sweetheart you obviously have a problem you've chosen a boyfriend exactly like your father <laughs> okay mom you know what fine i'll make an appointment okay but you know what right now i gotta go i gotta i gotta go do a thing did you know your mother spent twelve hundred dollars on bonsai trees i don't like gulliver around that place oh, Betty, 
you know what? I really want to hear more about this. I really do. But I just have, I just have to do uh, some, some stuff. You work and you work and you work in a marriage. But all he cares about is his stupid boat. You work and you work and you work on a boat. He always ridiculed my pottery classes. And you sand it and you varnish. <laughs> but when yeah, all is said and so done, he still got a feel for out of here. Yeah, I mean, that's poor yoga, form. Yeah, I, mean, I know Rachel's in school, so maybe they feel like they the can incorporate more open air back to the Rachel, but you just sit there and whinge about your partner, or ex-partner, whatever they, whatever they guess would currently turn out. Like, Rachel doesn't need to hear, the kids don't need to hear all the ins and outs of the, like, the divorce. It's not a fun thing for them to listen to. Like, you have some self-respect and, you know, keep it to yourself. Yeah, so it's it's, it's got to be tough for Rachel you know, having having your parents fighting is one thing, but kind of spilling out into your life as well. And it's meant to be like a fun time. Like she is meant to be having fun at, at her birthday party. And you do notice that Rachel spends most of her time at the boys as well. Doesn't really yeah, spend I mean, too much time in Monica's. Technically, this is all Monica's fault for A, having a boring party and B, for inviting Rachel's mum in the first place. Yep. Yeah. Well, if she hadn't invited Rachel's mum, her dad would have turned up anyway, but... It would have been like a little visit, and then oh, dad, we're having a party. See you later. And he'd have been like, "All right, and bye." Yeah, I guess they didn't account for him just turning up, right? Which is rude. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, we then cut to Chandler is chasing after a woman who's leaving in quite a hurry. Uh, they were going to play a game, and it appears Chandler offended her when he told her to be skins and him shirts. <laughs> and it, a bit yeah. to me, that's a, a Joey joke, like telling a woman that they should take their shirt off to <laughs> yeah. be skins. It's very Joey-ish, but well, yeah, it's, I wouldn't to accept it from Chandler. It's it's a funny joke, right? And you know, I love that Chandler is being you know cheeky like this, uh, but obviously she took it quite badly. Uh, but you know, Chandler then comes across Rachel in the hall being quite miserable. How are you holding up there, Tiger? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. When my parents were getting divorced, I got a lot of tigers. <clears throat> Got a lot of champs, chiefs, sports. I even got a governor. <laughs> this is it, isn't it? I mean, this is what my life's gonna be like. My mom there, my dad there. Thanksgiving, Christmas. She gets the house, he's in some condo my sister's gonna decorate with wicker. <laughs> Chandler, how did you get through this? Well, I relied on a carefully regimented program of denial, and, and wetting the bed. You know, I just, it's so weird. I mean, I was in there just listening to them bitch about each other. All I kept thinking about was the 4th of July. Because it reminded you of the way our forefathers used to bitch at each other? It's just this thing. Every year we would go out on my dad's boat and watch the fireworks. Mom always hated it because the ocean air made her hair all big. My sister Jill would be throwing up over the side. My dad would be upset because nobody was helping. And then when we did help, he would scream at us for doing it wrong. But then when the fireworks started, everybody just shut up. You know, and it'd get really cold. And we would all just sort of smush under this one blanket. It never occurred to anybody to bring another one. And now it's... Ugh. 
you know, I do like when Rachel confides in Chandler. Like, he's been through a lot, like himself, and has, like, a lot of experience in things, uh, like, that he hides behind his humour. And certainly, you know, his parents went through, a, I guess, a messy divorce as well. Yeah, much messier than, than I guess, Rachel's parents. It was a lot more complicated. Yeah. And, you know, he hugs Rachel and then passes her off to Ross. You know, he's a good friend, isn't he? Like, there's a lot of scenes with him and Rachel where, I don't know, he, he seems to comfort her or the other way around. And, you know, they they don't seem to have a lot of scenes kind of together. They're, I guess that they're, they're, they're always around and interacting, but it's normally Chandler and Joey or Chandler and Monica and Chandler doesn't really interact with like Phoebe or Rachel that much, but but when he does, it's it's really quite sweet. Yeah, I mean, I really enjoy Rachel's memory about you know them, you know they all oh, go on the boat every Fourth of July, and they're, they're bicker and bicker and bicker. But once the fireworks started, they'd shut up and all cool under a blanket, and it's it's just a really cute little like homespun memory um, that she's got. And I suppose it's like anything, like if you're in a relationship and you know that that ends. Um, you know, you remember the good times. You don't sit there and go, like, oh, I remember we had that argument about too much Tabasco sauce. You know, it would. You remember the nice things, and it's it's cute. I like that they have that little memory. It's so that memory and the way Rachel delivers it is so well written and put together because it sounds so much like a real family memory that you'd yeah. someone would actually have. Yeah, so that, it's that's very cute. That's really good writing. But there is there is a weird thing here. Uh, the boys' apartment door is open, like during this this moment. It then shuts and then opens again as Ross appears. Like, was Ross behind the door the whole time listening in? Because just, like, the, the way he appears from this door that, that kind of shuts itself and then opens again is a bit nope. strange. This is this is your anti-Ross bias coming in. Because when he steps into the hallway, he looks shocked to see them there. He's like, oh, like, you know, they're there. And I don't think Ross is that good of an actor. Not David Trimmer, he's fantastic. But Ross <laughs> yeah. is a person. Isn't, isn't no, it's, that good yeah, of an actor? It's, it's, it's it's obviously like a weird continuity thing because like the the door is like physically open so like Ross should literally just walk straight out but the door shuts and then it opens again for him to appear. <laughs> just it's just yeah, very no, strange. I, I don't think he was eavesdropping. I think he no, I don't think he was. But continuity error. But yeah, Poor it's, Ross. It's weird. Uh, the party at Monica's is over and everyone is leaving, including Mrs. Green, and you know, she wants to say goodbye to Rachel in the hall. Uh, you know, just as uh, Dr. Green tries to leave himself and the boys just like lunge at him to say goodbye as Ross tries his best to keep the door shut. Uh, forgetting how strange it all looks like, you know, he's got his leg pushed against the door and, you know, trying to keep Dr. Green away. Like, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's, it's completely obvious, it, right? Yeah, I mean, it, well, I'm going to say it's not obvious in the sense that he probably has never imagined for some reason that his wife would also be at his daughter's birthday, which is a weird thing to not think because logically, why wouldn't she be there? Uh, but yeah, it's just ridiculous. Total farce. Absolutely love it. Uh, but then the, the door just opens. Ross clearly is not that strong. And, <laughs> yeah, now, and now it gets a little bit weird because, you know, Dr. Green can clearly see outside that Rachel is hugging someone and his wife's clothes are, are pretty obvious. He must have seen her, right? You'd assume so, but at the same time, he's dealing with three weird dudes trying to, trying to keep him from going into a hall, so I imagine he's distracted. <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, Dr. Green wants to go and get his coat, though, and the boys then dance across the hall to block the view. 
<laughs> I love that bit. Like you would just be like, "Oh my god, what is wrong with you people? Stop being freaks!" Yeah. I want my coat. Like you could understand. Like they're young and they've been drinking. Like I feel like they can just about get away with that. And then inside Monica's apartment, Phoebe spots Doctor Green. Uh, and doesn't realise what's going on and tries to send him out. But as she opens the door, the boys scream at her. Yeah. Like any kind of like smart plan has kind of disappeared. As it's like, oh! <laughs> it gets the message across, but it, yeah, it's brilliant. And then, you know, she just stalls for as long as she can uh, before loudly saying she's going out. And this is where Joey steps up. And I'm going to play this clip. Have to be heading toward my chateau. Thank you. Oh, all right. Well, then I guess we're going back into the hallway again. Thanks for coming, Mrs. Green. <laughs> okay. You take care. Oh, you kids. <laughs> Well, this is the best party I've been to in years. Thank you. So, yeah, Joey grabs Mrs. Green, spins her around, starts kissing her in the hallway. Uh, just a classic moment, right? Yeah, it's, it's like, okay. It's so unexpected as well. You're like, how are they going to get out of this situation? Joey's lips. That's how. <laughs> Joey's lips. I'm glad you went with that. Uh, because cause she she is in such a weird pose as well. She's almost like frozen there, like she's yeah, like she's melting as a person. Yeah, like <laughs> like like, like she's so intense. Yeah, she she's not hugging him or really touching him. She's just like in such shock at what's going on. Uh, and then for some reason, Rachel is shushing at her dad as they walk past the kissing. I mean, maybe he, if you know, she might hear his voice and be suddenly broken out of the spell that Joey's cast on her with his lips. See, I, t- I don't even know if it's that. I wonder if it's just her just going like, shh, like, don't say anything. Like, there's them two having fun, but not make it, not being aware that it's like his wife. Like, it's just yeah, some I mean, random woman. When you think about it, that, that would definitely cause a scene. Like, the, your wife's asked for a divorce and then she's making out with, <laughs> you know. <laughs> 25 year old in front of you you'd be like don't, what the hell don't even think it. yeah didn't even think about that yeah that would make it extremely weird so uh, yeah just the shushing is just a little bit odd I wonder what was going through her mind at that point in time and like I think you can even see like Matthew Perry having to like put his face on the wall to hide from laughing like I, I bet he had a lot of fun filming this scene yeah I mean the whole episode especially for Chanley all he does is like really dynamic great hilarious high energy things for it so it must have been a lot of fun like i maybe this is something that we need to think about as we go through further episodes but the episodes where i guess they're more self-contained in the apartments seem to have like way higher energy than when they start like going around to different places and it might just be the the actors are kind of just bouncing around a bit more because of being stuck in one place or because they are stuck in one place they're having to up their game a little bit to be more interesting well i suppose if they're like on on a location there's there's all the troubles and fables of shooting on location whereas when they're being filmed in the studio in front of a live audience there's i guess there's more energy of the crowd and you've got several takes and well i, I, I guess i guess i meant like just in one location rather than central perk or the office or whatever which would still be in front of the audience but you know when they are just limited to the apartments there seems to be a different energy that goes on 
Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, we then get Mrs. Green, certainly, you know, enjoying that kiss from a guy half her age, no doubt. So what's new in sex? <laughs> I guess is the question, right? Uh, deleted scene, I don't want to see. <laughs> yeah. There I am. There I am. There I am. <laughs> yeah, Mrs. Green, you know, she's had a great time. Like, yeah, she's definitely the the type of person that would enjoy Monica's sort of party rather than the boys' party, like being a... Well, not not even like an older lady. Like she probably wants somewhere like a party that's a bit more chill and relaxed. I guess. Well, we discussed at the start of the episode the inconsistency between the way we've been told Mister Green acts and the way he's in this, um, and then the way Mrs. Green acts in this episode compared to later on, um, where she, you know the baby shower. She seems like a very different character. Um, so yeah, it's a bit of bit of a lot of change happens between now and the baby shower. I guess. I don't know. I I feel like she's she's pretty similar to the the baby shower stuff. And she's not as free spirited in the baby shower episode. She's like sour and got a face on the entire thing. Mm, I guess so. Maybe yeah. Maybe that's something that we'll be discussing in a few years' time. Uh, we then get the end credits, and Rachel makes a birthday wish, and we see the flan, and then a volleyball ends up in the flan. And... Right. This is the worst shot thing in Friends history. Like. <laughs> I hate I hate it when Ben's born and all the characters are staring down into the camera to look at Ben. It's creepy and I don't like it. And in the middle of this episode, when Rachel's parents are going back and forth with all the things to send over each other, yes, it's like weird slow mo. The frame rate the frame rate goes weird and it's all out of focus a bit. And it's like oh, she's disorientated from the back and forth. And I'm like that looked horrible. And then this shot pops up where it's just a steady cam looking down at a flan, and I'm just like this looks like someone shot it on a camcorder with no experience in directing whatsoever and then obviously eventually the volleyball lands in the flan and splats it um, at one point you see rachel's face like leaning to blow out the candles and amber is just sat there going this looks dreadful how did this end up on tv like it's probably the i'm gonna say it now it's the worst shot moment of friends history ever there's not another shot in friends that looks this bad wow that, that's a that's a hot take right there I honestly thought, like, did they did they run out of stuff? Because you don't see any of the cast for the first, like, 12 seconds of this scene. So I'm like, did they just forget to shoot this? And then some, like, the assistant director or the second junior or whoever shot a cake and they just ADR'd the cast's voices in afterwards. I, well, yeah, I did wonder that because, you know, Rachel then goes, oh, those things never come true. And, you know, first off, like, I wonder who threw the volleyball because everyone should be standing around and it's only, like, the friend's group there it's not not anyone else right let's blame gunther we'll say gunther did it he's still having a great time because <laughs> you know someone someone does say something when they throw it but i can't tell from the voice who it is but yeah I, well yeah I guess, I guess maybe the the guys party hadn't finished but i don't know. yeah it's, it's all a bit weird because obviously monica's party ends and dr green goes home in that but yeah there, there clearly was someone left playing volleyball by themselves and didn't get the message the parties were over yeah, it's just weird. But I, I, I wonder if uh, the the shot they thought, oh, you, you know, it'd be cool to get like a cool splat effect, and maybe it didn't come across quite as they hoped. It was dreadful. You know, you know, like when someone throws a pie at someone's face, and you're like, oh, it's going to look great, isn't it? And actually, it doesn't doesn't do anything, and maybe they're not as messy as you was hoping they would be. I guess I just think it looks awful and it, it took me out of the episode. I was like, I'm good showing it was nearly over because I was like, this is just dreadful. What are you doing, friends? But but for me, you know, it's another great episode. Uh, but before we, we end it and, and give our final thoughts, 
Did you know this is the only episode in which both Rachel's uh, both Rachel, both of Rachel's parents appear, uh, and it's also the the first appearance of Rachel's dad, as we've discussed. Like, yeah, thinking about it, like it's it's odd that we don't get Rachel's parents both appearing at the same time in future. Yeah, I mean, I suppose the divorce is the most interesting thing they kind of do as characters or go through as characters. And once you kind of resolve that or it's going through that, you don't need to see it a lot. And they're not central characters. They're so not. It's not surprising we don't see more of them, but... Well, yeah. we, we, do, we, do, we do see more of, you know, Rachel's parents. They're just not together. Yeah. Like, like you, you would I mean, think... They're, hardly... they're not Jack and Judy, though, you know what I mean? Like... No, but it, you'd think there'd be another time or two, especially when Emma is born, that you'd see both of them at the same time. So uh, that, that's quite interesting. That we only get one episode of them together. I feel like we could have got another one. I mean, I guess there could have been some nice awkward, you know, comedic sniping at each other over a baby, Emma. That could have been quite funny. And now here's something interesting. Gunther wears a wedding ring while talking to Phoebe uh, about leaving Monica's party. Ah, secret wife. Well, many, many theories I have that, that come to mind. One... Uh, is it's just a mistake and, uh, you know, the actor is wearing his actual wedding ring and he shouldn't be, right? Two, that's what I think happened. That, that's probably most likely, right? Two, Gumpher thinks if he wears a wedding ring, it's more desirable to the ladies. Yes, I think I've decided that Gunther wears the wedding ring as a prop. So when people talk to him, he seems initially safe because he's got a wedding ring on and he's not going to try and hit on them. But then he puts into conversation that he's actually a widower and his wife passed away tragically. <laughs> and then he gets the sympathy vote and then bam, it's all part of the game and Gunther scores again. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that the intro for Gunther's show? Yeah, that's all it is. It's just Gunther Gun has been playing this game. It's his backpacking through Europe. It's the play he's planned. Oh, you know, I, I can I can imagine the title sequence now. I'd have like a Seinfeld kind of sting to it. Uh, yeah. It would have lots of fast-moving pictures overlapping each other very quickly. And then like Gunther with, you know, many women. And it's just like a totally different character. You know, when uh, you see these... American shows where they take a, a character from one show and try to create a spin-off, I guess. And yeah. they, and because they're, well, a bit like, well, not even like Joey, I guess, but like they try to create a spin-off, but they totally change who the character is almost. Yeah. Do and that like, with Gunther. Yeah. And like, you know, he, he's a, a suave ladies man, like going through Europe, you know, training coffee baristas or whatever. Right. <laughs> I'd watch it to be fair. Uh, but yeah, I, I I do wonder if you know he does use it as a prop, as like you know, oh, I've I've got a wife, and yeah, I I like that idea. I I feel like he as a character, he might try to go that way. Well, I mean, Rachel's not available at the minute, so he's you know he's got a he's got to try elsewhere. Because we never know how old Gumphrey is. Like we no. just we just assume he's the same age as the rest of the gang, and. As we discussed in in one of the very early episodes of our podcast, like Gumpher was meant to be like the older guy that the the gang go to for for ad, advice on life and relationships and stuff. So, you know, maybe an idea given you know, the Gumpher we know and love. Yeah, like maybe Gumpher was married in the past. Like he got married young, and you know maybe things didn't work out or whatever, and never got over it. And who knows, right? There, there could be all sorts Is of weird things. Or fan fiction for our Patreon. Yeah. 
so listeners, why don't you write into us and tell us your theories? Why do you think Gunther was wearing a wedding ring? I mean, my idea isn't really... It's going to take a lot of commitment because he's going to have to wear that ring constantly so he gets a tan line. Otherwise, the first time he takes it off, you know, he's rumbled. Wow, you're, think- you're way over thinking this. <laughs> That's what we do on this podcast. <laughs> we, we just overthink things to the logical extreme. <laughs> But if for him to get a tan line, you'd have to go outside and be on holiday and all sorts of... Yeah, you're way overthinking that. Someone would goes, I mean, goes, hang on, you're not really married. There's no tan line there. It's the prestige, man. You've got to commit. You've got to commit <laughs> to the act. Uh, but yeah, no, this this is a great episode. The, the whole farce of it. Chandler has an absolutely great time. Joey has some great moments at the, the start. Rachel, you know, we get like a lot of depth to her character. Ross, as dorky as he is, is really funny. Yeah, uh, everyone has a moment in this episode. Yeah, like, obviously, Monica and her, her fun party. Phoebe trying to get everyone out. Like, yeah, this is what I think is, like, to me, is classic Friends, where every character gets their moment in an episode, or at least the majority do. Uh, yeah. Whereas some of the, the previous episodes have kind of been, you know, more heavily focused on Ross or Ross and Rachel and everyone else is just kind of sidelines. So, yeah, th- this has been great. And obviously the whole dynamic with Rachel having to deal with her parents and everything, just just brilliant. Yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. One of my favourites. Yeah, definitely, definitely up there. Uh, yeah, we, we need to at some point make a list of like the our top 10 or 20 episodes. I think it'd be extremely difficult to do. But we'll, we'll yeah, do definitely. that at some point, right? I mean, we should probably wait till the end of the podcast once we've done it all, and then we can, you know... We can do our top 10 episodes of Friends and our listeners can give us our top, their 10 up 10 episodes of watching Friends. <laughs> and we'll see, if, see if they match. The, the one where it finishes. Do you, do you like listening to us talk about what we like when we like them? Tell <laughs> us your ranking of us liking these things. <laughs> top 10 Ryan anecdotes. I like the one where he jumps in the bush. <laughs> <laughs> or the one where he decided to follow Ross's life and get married for a fourth time. Do you know what? Someone could make a podcast about watching Friends, to be fair. They could be listeners right now are recording episode one of them listening to us listen to Friends. Oh, yeah. You're you're into your React videos, which I don't get at all. So, yeah, you, you want someone to react to us, right? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got it. Uh, well, I think that brings this episode to a close, really. So you can find us at watchingfriends.com, where we have a little contact form, so you can write to us and let us know your thoughts on this episode and we will read out your comments or anything else you want to talk to us about you can also contact us and find out when our next episodes are out on twitter and facebook at watch friends pod and the best thing of all the absolute thing the one thing you probably should like be doing right now like if you're listening to this on your phone open up that web web browser go to patreon.com forward slash watching friends and you know chuck us a couple of quid Join one of the tiers. You can join the ad-free tier, get ad-free versions of this podcast, and you can get bonus episodes and, you know, basically help help support fund us. You know, you can buy Ryan some tea and me chocolate or something, right? Just as thank you for all our free content. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, come and support us. You know, if you've enjoyed this episode, you know, show your thanks. Uh, it, it really helps us to, to, to do this, basically. <laughs> 
that was the best Patreon pitch you've done so far. You're just like, I assume you love this. Now pay us. <laughs> Give us some money. Yeah, yeah. Consider it like a tip tip jar. You know, we're we're, we're basically homeless bums podcasting. We've got our little hat out or our little McDonald's cup. You know, chuck some money in it. I mean, we're better at podcasting than Rachel is at waitressing. So, you know, give us give us some money. <laughs> yeah. she gets, Rachel gets tips. I want tips. Yeah, yeah, and you know, as thanks, we do, we do provide some extra content in return for that. And where else can they find you, Ryan? Uh, you can find me, as always, at gamehype.co.uk and on the Hype from Outer Heaven podcast. And I think that's it for another episode. Be back next week with uh, episode 23, which I don't know the title of off the top of my head. I'm not that much of a Friends fan. I know the titles for each one. Well, I've been chatting to to some friends about getting them on as guests, um, and they make us look like absolute noobs with their friends' knowledge. So, you know, that could be fun when they're on. Definitely. So we'll get them on soon. Yeah, definitely can't, can't wait to get... On some uh, some guests onto our episodes. So I guess that's it from me, from Ryan. Till next time. Goodbye. Cheerio.